We are watching biotechs now. The S&P 500 biotech sector has fallen by about a third this year. So now, which companies could be best positioned moving forward, especially since they've been beaten down some? To discuss this, let's bring in our expert panel, Mara Goldstein, Managing Director and Senior Biotechnology Analyst at Mizuho Americas, and David Nierengarten, Head of Healthcare Equity and Research at Wedbush. Thank you both for being with us. So the group's been beaten, and you could see that the year to date, down about 25%, I'm looking here, for, for one year. It's been a tough time. David, your thoughts on the group? Is it now presenting some good opportunities? Yeah, I think there's some good opportunities here. I think that the market, the small mid-cap biotech market that I follow most closely has been bouncing around uh, a level here, the XBI in the you know high 60s to low 70 range. And hopefully that means we're, we're finding the bottom here for uh, that sector of biotech. Yeah, and you know, Mara, I know you were looking at oncology and and so much uh, and so much else here. As far as themes, you had uh, Merck on your list and Leap. These were some of the names you liked, Mara. What are some of the themes, and how do these names fit in? Sure. I mean, I think a, a big part of the theme, as is, is David was saying, is that the XBI has bounced around a bit. And so um, what we want to try and find is companies where we think that there obviously is good clinical progress, but also, you know, solid cash positions. Um, because at this point in time, when you look at enterprise value in the group, we've seen a fairly steep decline. But overall, cash is not has not gone down nearly at the same amount. So you have a lot of companies who have a lot of capital to ride this out. So some of the names that we like on that basis, would be a company called Arcus, RCUS is the ticker here, uh, where they have a billion three in cash, a pipeline, a partnership with Gilead, um, and data readouts that will occur, um, you know, through the second half of the year and into 2023. But I think the most important thing there is that there is this capital that keeps the company going no matter what the readouts are. Uh, another company we like on that basis is Zencor, XNCR is the ticker. Also, you know, a fair amount of capital to keep the company going, you know, two to three years, um, and they do partnerships. So at any given time, you can see, you know, some additional cash come into company come into the company. Um, among the smaller names, they have been the hardest hit because they are the ones that are the most sensitive to capital raising. But a small company like Leap Therapeutics, as you mentioned, LPTX is the ticker there, actually has a fair amount of cash and very, very low expectations. So while you know it's going to continue to trade with all of the pressure in the market today, um, and some of that may also be the rebalancing of the Russell Index um, this month, um, there's still a lot of capital and the company can really be sustained a good couple of years. Yeah, understood. Are you going to keep Merck at a buy, Mara? Any reason to change that rating at any point? You have a price target. I just want to circle back on that because you have a $100 target. It's at 89 Just a lot of folks own that one. So just a quick 10 sure. seconds on that. Are you likely to keep that yeah. price target? We are likely to, we're certainly likely at this point not to change things. What we like about Merck is that it's um, certainly had a, a nice uh, defensive move into the name, but the company has a pipeline that really is undervalued. And so we think that there is more opportunity and more bias uh, towards the upside than anything else. Understood. And what about Blueprint Meds and um, the ADR ARGX? David, your thoughts on that? Yeah, sort of following up with uh, Mara's theme of, of a little bit safer stocks with uh, good cash positions. Both of these stocks actually have commercial products that they just launched that I think have uh, commercial tailwinds and uh, clinical catalysts coming up to you know propel uh, perhaps even higher uh, sales. 
So maybe with Blueprint to start off with, uh, they have an approved product called AvaKit. It's approved in a rare disease called aggressive uh, or advanced mastocytosis. And we should be getting data here in probably late summer that could expand that market into the non-advanced or indolent uh, mastocytosis setting, which is almost a 10 times uh, as big market as the aggressive um, form of the disease. And the company is guided to about 115 to 130 million in sales this year. So that gives you an idea of how much this market expansion potential could be if the phase three is positive later in summer. Yeah. Uh, for our genetics, yeah. uh, yep. Oh, sorry. Tell me about it. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me, the, tell me, finish your thought. Yeah, for, for our genetics, what we like here is the launch of their drug, Vivgart, which is approved uh, for patients with myasthenia gravis not only exceeded everyone's expectations in the first quarter, but we do see tailwinds there too, uh, with improvements in uh, insurance coverage and um, uh, going forward, and also a clinical uh, catalyst, hopefully in early part of next year that could expand the market into its next indication, which is a, another neuromuscular disease called CIDP. Uh, we really like our genics here. It has a first-in-class, best-in-class medicine with Vivgard that we think uh, can be expanded to multiple indications and is a, a really a, should be on everyone's list for an acquisition by Big Pharma. Yeah, exactly. Understood. And Mara, what are the final thoughts here? Because, um, you know, there's so many patient trials. There are so many themes that you need money for research and development. There's oncology um, and so much more, you know, all these viruses as, as um, COVID came on, monkeypox. I mean, it just seems like there is this wild card in the group. Well, I think and that's why doesn't it get more love? Why isn't it soaring? Well, I think you have um, a couple of things at play here, and one is the broader sort of macro environment that we're in right now. And and biotech is you know an industry of emerging growth companies, so you're going to have to deal with the vagaries of um, you know of the economic cycle here. So that is is a piece of it. Um, but I think you know again we have to be careful that sort of past performance is not necessarily um, you know indicative of future performance. But when you look at downturns in the biotech market, I think what you see is a little bit of cleansing that goes on a little bit of housekeeping yeah. you tend to get some m a you tend to get some rationalization um but at the end of the day you know if you look at let's say the last time we went through a crisis 2008 2009 companies came out of that stronger um the companies that came yeah. out of that crisis stronger came out of it because they made clinical progress and they had product um you know and and they became better investments and so i think that's what we keep an eye on yeah understood nice to see you both mara goldstein at Mizuho Americas and David Nirengarten, head of uh, health and equity at, at uh, Wedbush. Thank you both. Appreciate it.